webmasterradio.fm Cover story. Cover a story or attain that coveted story. Get it? That is exactly what you want. Quoted as the expert. The story. Headline. The spin. Every week, join us to talk about all things important to relating to the public. Your public. Craft your image. Promote your products. Create expert status. Become the buzz. Join us with the pros. PR 101. Create Crisis management, media blitzing, it's all here on Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Hey everyone, this is Brandy Shapiro-Babin and welcome to this edition of Cover Story. And I will be joined very shortly with my fabulous co-host, Mick Jolly. Um, but without further ado, we're very excited to be presenting um, the PRSA's Silver Anvil um, Awards Series. So we're spotlighting some of the uh, public relations firms whom were chosen to be finalists. Um, in the Silver Anvil Awards. And there were close to 1,000 entries and 101 um, actually made it into the finalists. And we are very, very fortunate today because we've got two great companies um, who are in the running. So we're very excited and I can't wait to hear. So the purpose of this truly is... A, to encourage people um, to participate and become obviously members at the PRSA because they do have a great wealth of knowledge and um, obviously embrace the community. But as well, everyone's work counts. So the various companies we will have on the show are companies um, who represent regional uh, campaigns, national campaigns, campaigns on a budget, campaigns with huge budgets. But um, regardless of their size, their... Um, you know, their their angle, their approach, they have met and exceeded their goals. And uh, that's what our goal is. So let's hear from the pros. And we are live right now with um, Silver Anvil um, finalists um, from the Marcus Thomas LLC in Cleveland. We've got Mark um, Bachman, who's the partner online, and Lynn Estep, and I'm sorry, and okay. Christina Kernack. Welcome, everyone. How are you? Great, great. Thanks for having us. We're very, very excited. So this is terrific. So just, is, is Mark on with us as well? I am, Brandy. Well, okay, good. We needed a, a strong, we need a lot of estrogen here, Mark. We, we, <laughs> <laughs> this is terrific. So Mark, uh, if you could start off, give us a little bit of background in regard to Marcus Thomas, please. Sure. As you mentioned, we're headquartered in Cleveland, Ohio. We're an integrated marketing firm, and the mission here is to create ideas that build the fortunes of our clients. The company started in actually the late 30s as an ad agency. Wow. And PR was added much later. Uh, but today that concept of the ad agency or a PR agency seems less relevant for us. Um, it's too limiting in the way we're solving our clients' business challenges. So we're involved in every type of communications possible to help solve a client's challenge. You know, an ad agency tends to think every problem looks like it can be solved with an ad, and we take a much more media-neutral view to, to the solutions we provide. Uh, we have 80 people focused on that enterprise, and they Fabulous. work with clients ranging from, over the years, people like Kodak, IBM, Goodyear, Falsecraft, Libby, to folks like the Convention Visitors Bureau, who we're talking about mm -hmm. today. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we do have back our, um, we, we were introducing a little more testosterone into, I apologize for interrupting, Mark, into our show. Welcome, Mick Jolly, uh, my wonderful co-host. 
<laughs> hey, thank you, Brandy. Yeah, I had a, had a little trouble getting in. So that's all right. I'm, I'm here now. I'm glad to be here. Yay, that's all that matters. So Mark was actually talking to us about, uh, which is pretty exciting, 80, they have 80 employees at their company, and they're an integrated advertising um an integrated marketing company, I should say. So really, Mark, what I'm hearing you saying is your approach is really based on the client, that you don't, you know, you don't um, prescribe, let's say. I, I think it's important when you start off looking at the client's business challenge to be media neutral, to not already have preconceived idea of how it's going to be delivered or where that message is going to be delivered. You first have to understand what business needles need to move, and then you can chase after, okay, well, this becomes... A PR issue, this becomes something mm-hmm. that advertising can solve. Maybe it's direct, maybe it's interactive, maybe it's usually it's some combination of all of the above. So we grew up as an ad agency, but advertising is as a percentage of our business is less of what we do today. That's exciting. And, and you know something, it's wonderful that you can have one-stop shopping and you have the ability, because one thing which we'll get into further down the line, I mean, something I think that was so important to this client was your constant ability to continue brainstorming with your internal team. So there was a lot of cohesiveness. And from that cohesiveness, then you could say, okay, great, this is what needs to get done. And everyone's internal to your company versus, you know, having to communicate between, you know, two, three, four, even sometimes five companies in order to execute one project. Exactly. So the concept of bringing several specialists to the table organized around the client's challenge rather than uh, a bunch of separate entities working on it independent of one another. Cool. So you know what? If you don't mind, I'm going to go right into this. Okay, terrific. Uh, And I'm going to read it right from, um, so I I don't misquote anything, Um, I'm going to read this right from your submission to um, for the Silver Anvil Awards. So this was your situation analysis. So I'm going to start off with my own little, you know, Cleveland rocks. Okay. (laughs) That's my little poetic non-justice. Anyway, as the rock and roll capital of the world, Cleveland was setting the stage for one of the largest concerts ever thrown by the city, a three-day music festival featuring a hundred up-and-coming bands that would be performed in the city's most popular and historic concert venues. In June 2005, Cleveland hosted the inaugural CMJ Rock Hall Music Fest, modeled after the CMJ Music Marathon, held in New York City for 23 years. The Music Fest was sponsored by the Convention and Visitors Bureau of Greater Cleveland and the Rock Hall and Fame, the, the Rock and Roll Hall of fame. I apologize. These organizations partnered with Marcus Thomas LLC to undertake a guerrilla marketing campaign to draw attendance from cities within a five-hour radius of Cleveland. The campaign had a modest budget of $57,200 in six weeks, people, six weeks to generate a buzz that would determine the event's success and if it would become a staple in Cleveland's music landscape. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty... You guys are all going, wow, we really did that? You did. <laughs> you met and exceeded goals. And, you know, from reading this, and let's, and let's go through this because you did, you researched your marketplace and you realized that, um, you know, the age was basically skewed males, 16 to 30, and it included students as well as young career people and techies, and they pay for what it is that they value. And you. Well, and the other thing that's important to note, too, with our target audience is that they tended to be very resistant of traditional advertising. Mm-hmm. Um, they tended to be very tech and internet savvy and that we knew that they really were oriented toward gadgets and technology, you know, in terms of they're the type of people that had the latest cell phones, iPods, Blackberries. And so 
they're the type of individuals that we knew wanted to be in control of their their own content of when, how, and where they got their information. So these would be what we what we call early adopters then? Absolutely. Awesome. And so as we had developed our strategy, which Christine is going to touch on, uh, we know that we knew that we needed to really leverage those non-traditional approaches to really target this audience. That's awesome. So let's talk about, first of all, your objectives were to reach attendance goals of 10,000 to 20,000. You wanted to attract out-of-town visitors to the concerts from a five-hour radius of Cleveland. You wanted to generate a buzz among out-of-town attendees to create a positive impact on the local economy. And that's, I think that's pretty much it. And you, you, you met and exceeded your goals. So let's talk about, you first got this, you know, you, you, landed, the, um, you landed the campaign how did you, because you did a lot of viral and guerrilla marketing here, which I think is really exciting. I mean, you really took it back to basics and, and didn't over-exercise things, let's say, but really think about how can we reach out to these people in a way that they'll react in a very short period of time. Well, uh, Brandy, as you mentioned, we um, were brought on board just six weeks in advance of the event. So right. pretty much as, as soon as we knew that we were going to be partnering with the Convention and Visitor Bureaus of Greater Cleveland and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, we scheduled an agency-wide brainstorming session because a lot of, um, we found through research, a lot of the people in our demographic were represented um, by people within the agency. So immediately we um, started a planning session, like I mentioned, agency-wide. We had our objectives from our client, and then we talked about with the budget that we had, with the time frame we had, what was the best way that we could reach this audience and make an impact, particularly as Lynn mentioned, when they're so um, savvy to advertising and resistant to traditional methods. So right away, um, we knew that a guerrilla mm-hmm. or non-traditional approach was going to be um, our best bet. And um, because of the types of tactics we can employ with a guerrilla campaign, they would fit into the brief time span that we had. Awesome. So let's talk about those first steps, how to create that guerrilla campaign, how to create that viral marketing, because you guys did some really cool stuff. Um, so we, we started with um, the agency-wide brainstorming mm-hmm. session. And from there, um, we came up with the concept of guerrilla street teams. And as one of our objectives were to drive traffic from out-of-town um, cities, there were seven cities that would be chose with our client based on some market research um, that fit this demographic that would show that, um, you know, Cleveland would be a place that they would consider to come for this three-day, 100-band music festival. So um, we broke up into teams to do these guerrilla street teams. We hired college students. Um, we purchased and created very large magnets, and the whole concept was to pretty much make a splash over mm-hmm. a weekend in each of the target cities. So we pretty much picked a city for each weekend leading up into the music festival. Um, and we, one of our fun tactics was spray talking. So we created a stencil very inexpensively, um, partnered with another company to get some spray chalk for the campaign that was washable with water. And um, we spray chalked the stencils on our cars with <laughs> magnets. Um, the Rock Hall don- donated T-shirts, um, tickets to the Rock Hall itself, tickets to Festival Village, which uh, supplemented all the, loca- all the concerts going on in the different um, concert venues mm-hmm. around the city. And uh, we just had big road trips, pretty much, to these different cities pulled in college students who could help us um, get a lay of the land, being familiar with the university and the clubs. Um, so we 
in advance scheduled permission with um, managers of the different clubs in each of the cities and visited um, music stores, um, coffee shops, anywhere we thought where we could directly impact members of this target audience. And then passed away T-shirts, gave away tickets. We had guitar picks created with information about the Music Fest and the website, passed that out, and pretty much it was a hit. I mean, everyone wanted to talk to us. They wanted to know about the Music Festival. And um, the end result, as when we'll get to the evaluation stages, um, 50% of the audience that attended the Music Fest was from out of town, and a large portion of that number was from the cities that we actually targeted for the campaign. Which is which is really amazing. So I'm kind of interested in a couple of things. This is a silly aside, but um, your, your chalk stencils? Yes. Okay. I'd like to know, A, who came up with that concept, and B, do you need permitting to do that? Did you have to ask permission of the buildings? or um, Permitting, we talked about, um, because we had such a short time period, we knew that we were going to have limited use, and we figured that the best way to use the spray chalk was to ask permission at individual establishments. So, for example, um, some of the photos that we took during the campaign, there was a music store in Pittsburgh that allowed us to spray chalk the side of their building. Or, like, if it was um, a concert venue that was actually hosting um, one of the bands playing in Cleveland, we would ask permission, can we spray chalk your side, your sidewalk right in front of the club? That's so awesome. we weren't um, we weren't spray chalking um, necessarily public areas because we, you know, we wanted to make sure, like, hey, this will be really great and draw a lot of attention, but... Right, not draw the, the wrong kind of attention. Right. Um, and, of course, you know, Verizon's been in the news as of late in the past few months with doing public places and then actually getting in a lot of trouble for it. So, in advance, we talked about that, knew it would be fun, but wanted to make sure that we were smart with execution. So, we, we definitely um, took it at a very individual approach where we asked each venue where we could use it. And it had a great response. Um, people were fascinated. It was definitely drew a spectacle, and uh, it was pretty interesting, you know, being nearby and just watching people right. pass by and be like, "What is that?" But that's you know, it, the part. It actually had a great response, and that that was one of the things that came up actually during our agency wide brainstorming session. Actually, a lot of the tactics that we ended up using came from that initial session, so it was great. And one thing that we love is there's there were barely any people within the agency who did not touch this campaign. So we were so proud that it was agency a truly wide. integrated campaign. Everyone had a vested interest in it, was proud of it. You know, we're promoting our city, um, really excited that this was hopefully going to become um, an annual event and, you know, really wanted to do a great job to make sure that it did become a staple. What well, is neat because you're able to, you know, first of all, it's neat to be a part of something that hopefully in the future will become an institution. Mm-hmm. Which is which is wonderful. You know, you're creating a, it's a legacy. It's a legacy right. for the for the area that you live in. And I do think it's neat. And it's interesting, small little things like this. And I think Mick, we're always trying to impress upon our listeners that, um, you know, for example, the the chalk. That isn't something. Yes, it's it's guerrilla marketing. It's non traditional. It's um. Cheap. It's cheap. It's inexpensive. <laughs> yeah, well, because it's going to. It's cool. It's artsy. It's going to draw someone's attention. It also makes someone also feel like this wasn't mass produced. This was made for me. So I'm going to pay a little attention to it. It gave it a warmer. Like part that, I was going to say, Randy, I like mm-hmm. the part of just working with the other groups of folks. I mean, that's something that you're you're a natural at. And for those of you that, that don't know Brandy quite so well, she's a networker extraordinaire. She knows how to pull different people together and create that synergy. And it sounds like that's what took place in this campaign at all different kinds of levels, and that's, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, truly getting the en- enrolling the college students, understanding who your marketplace was, and in a very short time frame, you know, being obviously internal cheerleaders for the event, but then pulling in the various groups of people needed, you know, externally enrolling them to to bring this on to success. Because at the end of the day, this is not only going to benefit you know your agency; it's benefiting the city and and, and the surrounding areas as a whole. And speaking about um, supporting. Um, let's take a quick commercial break and let's pay a little homage to our fabulous advertisers and we'll be right back with Cover Story. Stick around. Cover Story. We'll be back after this short break. Wow, looks like you caught another one. Yeah, thanks. That uh, makes 23 so far. You're kidding me. I haven't caught a thing yet. Really? Well, what kind of bait are you using? Same as you. Well, then maybe it's where you're fishing. What do you mean? Well, if you want to catch fish, don't throw your line out in the middle of a big lake. Take a smart look around for where the fish congregate, like over by this log. So I just have to look smart, huh? That's right. It's all about fishing where the fish are. Learn how you can fish where the fish are. Go to signup.looksmart.com. Signup.looksmart.com. Did you know about one out of five visitors are immediately bouncing off your site? Now, monetize this bouncing traffic with StopBounce.com. Log on to StopBounce.com today and discover how easy it is to generate revenue from this previously untapped source. All while enhancing user experience. Earn money for each visitor leaving your site now with StopBounce.com. Turn lost opportunities into found profits. Covers. Here you go. Who are these people? Your customers. Customers? Yep. See, now that you're sharing all your media files through P2Pads.com, you know, like your MP3s, video files, software, pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And advertising all your sites through our global peer-to-peer network. Get to the point. Well, we're able to bring millions of your fellow surfers, basically, right to your front door. For more details, visit us at P2Pads.com. P2Pads.com. Expose yourself. Dude, fishing in Costa Rica is going to be awesome. Amen, bro. Now that Value Click Media had netted Fast Click, we've got one of the largest online advertising networks fishing us for big bucks. You know, while we're out catching snapper. Hey, Steve, you're coming too, right? No, I'm still using BenAsRUs.com. I can't afford to be away. You've got to work with Value Click Media. I got this great account manager who's easy to work with, and they have access to the best advertisers and earn me high rates. Don't worry, we'll bring back pictures. Yeah, terrific. Visit Value Click Media now and click on Solutions for Publishers for more details value click media commercials off now back to cover story we're reserving a headline for you only on webmaster radio.fm here's your host Hey, everyone. Welcome back. This is Brandy Shapiro-Babin, and I'm joined with my fabulous co-host, Mick Jolly. And uh, for the first half of our show, our special guests, our featured guests, are Marcus Thomas, LLC, uh, and they are one of the Silver Anvil finalists. Uh, we're very excited. So on the line with us, we've got Mark Bachman, who is the partner, um, or is a partner, I apologize, um, Len Estep, who's a Senior Interactive Marketing Manager, and of course, Miss Christina um, Gernak, who's a Senior Account Executive. So we've got uh, basically a nice coverage from this firm, and we are focusing on um, their finalist uh, status, which is um, the Convention and Visitors Bureau of Greater Cleveland Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <sighs> Setting the stage, 2005 for the CMJ Rock Hall Music Fest. <laughs> 
That is a mouthful, people. That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Impressive job there, Brent. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, anyway, so this is exciting. So what we're talking about truly is the fact that these people, for those of you that are just tuning in now, um, Marcus Thomas has done a phom- phenomenal job at um, getting a campaign live in six weeks, meeting exceeding the goals that they need to. So now there will be a 2006 event. Um, and really the focus that, that we're looking at with them, um, and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, is the fact that the, they're, an advertise, they're an interactive marketing agency. So they have the ability internally to provide the client with what they need. They're not married to any one media. So they can look at a client on a per-situation basis and marry the proper media to the proper execution. Um, and in this case, six weeks, as anyone knows, is a very short time to execute and plan an event and to get the buzz out. So they were doing this for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame CMJ Music Fest, and um, which was previously held in New York City, which is a completely, I mean, that's a completely different animal. You can't even compare the two. Right. Right, landscape to landscape. Um, and really, you're taking a step back, enrolling um, various members of the community, to be cheerleaders, to drive people to the event, understanding who your audience was, which is a 17 to 24 male skew, and, um, and, and really guerrilla cool marketing. Like, I want you guys, can you come to my house and chalk spray me? <laughs> I want to paint my car with magnets. That is seriously. <laughs> I, I mean, stuff like that is cool and inexpensive, and with a budget of $57,200, and um, actually, another um, technique that we wanted to mention tied to something being really um, cost-effective and um, inexpensive, um, we mentioned that we, we actually purchased um, area codes with a phone number. Thank you. I wanted to talk to you about this. Okay, cool. That was my next question. Yeah, each of the cities that we targeted so that it would be a local number created a flyer, um, copied it on a copy machine, pretty much to the extent of um, there are two different versions. One said, hey, I need a ride to the CMJ Rock Hall Music Fest. Here's a number. Um, and it was a little tear-off, just like you'd see, you know. In like I need a roommate. Of right. University. And then the other version was, I need tickets to the CMJ Rock Hall Music Fest with the same thing, a local phone number. And then we actually um, tied those numbers back to voicemail at the office. Uh, <laughs> and it was... One of our staffers just sort of recorded this quirky message about, hey, thanks, you know, I already got um, a ride, but you really should check out this festival. Here's the, um, the website address. And we had people, we had a lot of repeat callers just for this year, like, <laughs> oh, that was kind of cool. Right, right. And uh, we had, I think, in the end, over 400 callers actually call this number and, and take the tariff sheet. See, now, um, that's, who came up with that idea? Because it's a little creepy. That, that's cool. It's a little creepy, no offense, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's cool. But um, it, it is but it's cool. of our creative department. They are very proud, and it was probably the least, least expensive creative idea that we've ever produced <laughs> at the agency. But it's awesome because, you know what, first of all, it really shows you, you know, like, I mean, college campuses are a little different because it is like one big family, so to speak. But it does show you, it, it's a neat way to see, um, like, community participation. How, how trusting people still are in today's day and age, which is kind of cool. But that, what a great, I mean, how did you choose executing this over some of the other concepts that you had? And what were some of the other concepts that you threw away? Well, I, huh. Um, well, we, I mean, remember we had different brainstorming sessions, but it was almost like, it, it, you know, sometimes when you work on deadline and you come up with your greatest ideas, 
it was pretty much like this for this campaign where we were like, every idea that would come up, we're like, wow, yeah, that'll be really great. Mm-hmm. It'll work. We, you know, everyone got behind it, got really excited about it. And we mm-hmm. had like laser-like focus. Right, because you had the adrenaline of knowing we had such a short time frame, which is awesome. And then you guys also recorded a podcast with Warren Zane, who's a musicologist. One of the things that, in terms of you know, as Christina said, a lot of things that we wanted to do, we wanted to make sure that we captured this group's attention and spread word of mouth, Mm -hmm. and you know, to do it cost effectively and to make sure that all the messages resonated with the specific audience. And so, first, before I talk about the podcast, I want to talk about what kind of led up to that. That. I think what was really important was we talked to each of the respective bands, the 100 participating bands, mm-hmm. asked them for free music, you know, for a limited time period, because we knew that, you know, based on our audience analysis, we knew that these were the type of people who tended to uh, download an average of 14 songs a week. So we knew that that was the carrot, that, you know, mm-hmm. we had something that they wanted that we could provide. So based on that, what we did is we developed a viral marketing campaign that encouraged you know, uh, that we not only had this, ca- this you know, proverbial carrot to dangle, mm-hmm. but we also sent them out to, you know, not only the performing band's fans, but also the rock hall contacts, music shop, uh, email list, clubs, College 360, which was a network of more than 12... No, 120,000. Um, ...college students. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just as you were saying with, like, the, the tear-off list and, you know, the um, I-need-a-ride flyers, we made sure that they were text-only emails so that it wasn't, like, overly produced. It didn't seem like it was an advertising piece per se, but it was like an email from a friend. Right, like, hey, cool, check this out. Here's some cool music, and depending upon what you like, there's 100 performers. Absolutely, and so we Mm. tried to make sure that it didn't appear to be corporate or marketing, but we made it have an edgy underground feel, almost as if they were discovering this festival on their own. And so as as a result of that, how that evolved was with the podcast, um, Warren Zane is uh, a musicologist at the Rock Hall, you know, fantastic. You know, he himself is a well-known performer. And so it was a real win from, for us is that he agreed to sit down with us and talk about you know, all these up-and-coming artists. Um, and so he also talked about the music and you know, the trends and all the influences. And so we sat down with him and recorded this podcast. And, we, again, we disseminated it you know, throughout you know, Podcast Alley, um, iPodder, um, iTunes, and all these other um, podcast sites. Mm-hmm. Yep. We knew, again, as we said, our target audience, they tended to be tech-savvy. They were listening to these podcasts. And so as a result of that, we knew that you know, thousands of, of these p- prospective um, you know, concertgoers mm-hmm. were downloading this information and also accessing that free music. That's, that's phenomenal. That's phenomenal. And it's something lasting, too, they can take with them which is nice, and it'll resonate with them throughout the year. So you're actually creating, like, a nice connectivity for next year? Absolutely. And then, so, you know, again, with, you know, the music themselves, too, because, you know, the the bands, you know, they want to get noticed. Mm -hmm. They want to get attention. So they were obviously very willing, Mm -hmm. you know, to to give up a song or two to, you know, to spread that buzz and to get that word of mouth going. Which is nice. And Mick, something, once again, we always, you know, try to reinforce here is maximizing everyone's personal platform so like you said you know them promoting it to their base but if they collectively gave you samples of all of their music each hundred bands so you've got all of these hundred bands not only promoting to their own personal platform but then you know they're leveraging off of each other oh that's absolutely correct Mm -hmm. and then also from that sense too we helped the bands market themselves because we wanted to encourage so we developed internet band kits 
Um, so we sent those to the respective bands. We gave banner ads, content, photography, and even email templates to send to their own fans. So, you know, again, sometimes these bands, you know, they may be talented musically, but they may not necessarily know how to, to leverage or market themselves. Well, absolutely. You know, exactly. Exactly. So, and, and that's great that you guys took the time to understand that. And that's another thing is understanding who not only your intended audience is for the concert, but also understanding part of the project was how to band together. No pun intended again. God, I've got really bad humor today. That's a good, that's, that's a good pun. That's appropriate. <laughs> Thanks. But how to really bring everyone together in a way that um, made it easy for them to participate and benefited the whole. I think that's a really big consideration and something that everyone should take note of. So, seeing that we're rounding into the last part of our interview here, children, um, let's look at the evaluation because you guys actually, you, 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 you did some great things. Your, your goal was to reach from 10,000 to 20,000. You fell 2,000 shy, correct, of 18,000 concert goers? Well, actually, um, they were kind of, um, kind of vague in their target audience goals, being that this was an inaugural event. So okay. they said, hey, as long as you can get over 10,000, 20,000 would be our stretch goal. And so we ended up with an attendance of 18,000 18, um, attendees for the first year. Which is, which is wonderful. I mean, I, my, I've, I've thrown a lot of events. In, in my day, and 18,000 for an inaugural event is great, and um, also, which, and you also, you out, you beat out just, you know, Cleveland Rocks. You guys did a great job, you, <laughs> really, because other leading annual events, like such as the, you know, the festival in New York, and South by Southwest Music Festival, right, and your guerrilla campaign total impressions were more, from a, from a website perspective, were more than um, 546,000. Yeah, that's correct. Which is great. You attracted your out-of-town visitors to the concerts from a five-hour radius of Cleveland. And I think the part two, which is so neat, is the fact that um, you contributed, you know, or you generated by virtue of this event more than $3 million in, quote-unquote, economic impact for Cleveland. Right. And, um, you know, being as our client is the Convention and Visitors Bureau of Greater Cleveland. Um, That's who they're responsible that, to. That came through hotel stays. Um, we actually surveyed um, attendees at the different concerts mm-hmm. with what else they were doing in Cleveland and what they thought about Cleveland and how they heard about the event. So it was great information to gather for other types of visitor bureau events and uh, campaigns to, to that target audience. And one thing that we were really proud of is um, the CMJ Music Festival that was held in New York City for the past 23 years. Bobby Haber, who is the CEO of CMJ Network um, actually said that the Cleveland's event exceeded all of his expectations. Good for you. And it took, uh, you know, New York five to seven years to get to the point that, you know, our city reached in its annual event. So we are really proud of that endorsement as well. No, that's, I mean, that's, that's phenomenal. And I think, too, you know, another really important point to stress with people is maximizing the content that you have and understanding how you can repurpose information not only for the here but then also the next generation of things so if your client is you know the um the visitors bureau for example being able to do what you did with the surveys not only to understand people's experience with this show so that you can always make it better going forward or this concert series but also to understand what people were actually like the out-of-towners what they were doing because at the end of the day the visitors bureau i'm sure is beholden to um 
you know, all, all of the, the businesses in the area. So they can turn around and say, hey, look, this is what we're doing for you. And this is how this event specifically impacted you and also gave them information, um, you know, the business owners in the area to help best promote themselves to stand out from the clutter, let's say, so that the next time this event is executed, they can maximize their bottom line too. I mean, does that make sense? Oh, exactly. I mean, which is, which is really important because people don't always, you know, you, you guys did a great job because sometimes people say so, so laser focused that they forget about the free good stuff that comes along with it right. that will help chart the path for the future. And we, we used a lot of that information that we gleaned about the, the audience um, for the CMJ Music Fest um, for some other events that we've assisted with, the uh, Visitors Bureau, for example, they hold the Grand Prix race here in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. There's some other events, and we've been trying to um, build a lot of um, repetitiveness with the types of things we're doing, particularly in markets like Columbus and Pittsburgh, which are big target markets for greater Cleveland to target for tourism. So we're trying to, you know, reach these same people, um, not only about these events, but let them know everything else that's going on in Cleveland. That is great. You guys, we are coming to the end of this segment. I just want to say special thanks um, to Mark Bachman, to Christina Gernack, and I'm going to let Lynn, I'm going to let you say your last name. Step. <laughs> step. It's so easy. I'm so sorry. No, that's okay. You guys, thank you so much for being a part of this. We wish you the best of luck. Our fingers and toes will be crossed uh, for you to win this awesome award. We'd love to have you back again because uh, we think you've got a wonderful wealth of knowledge that our listening audience would truly benefit from. And um, rock on, you guys. Rock well, on. Thanks so much, Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. Uh, great. Have a super rest of your day. You guys, we, are, we will be right back. Um, we have Bruce Ponzi of uh, Bruce Ponzi Public Relations, and we are talking about Alaska. We'll be right back on Cover Story. Stick around. Cover Story. We'll be back after this short break. It's no secret. Linking with relevant sites is a dynamic way to enhance site traffic. Avoid using unethical practices to promote your website. Obtain quality, relevant links with linksmanager.com. Since 1999, linksmanager.com has been the leading choice for managing link campaigns by thousands of websites. Editor-based link management software makes relevant link exchange ethical, fast, and easy. No software to install. Free unlimited support. Try linksmanager.com free for 30 days. Accept no limitations. Now is the time. DoubleClick.com. Profiting in the digital advertising industry is just a click away with DoubleClick Digital Advertising Solutions. DoubleClick.com. Now, discover how top global agencies, brands, Fortune 500 companies, and U.S. and European sites collaborate seamlessly and successfully. DoubleClick.com. Now, you can profit from their digital marketing investments. With DoubleClick, empowering clients since 1996. Head over to DoubleClick.com. DoubleClick.com. And experience the difference. DoubleClick.com. Did you know about one out of five visitors are immediately bouncing off your site? Now, monetize this bouncing traffic with StopBounce.com. Log on to StopBounce.com today and discover how easy it is to generate revenue from this previously untapped source. All while enhancing user experience. Earn money for each visitor leaving your site now with StopBounce.com. Turn lost opportunities into found profits. 
commercials off. Now back to Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Hey, everyone. This is Brandy Shapiro-Babin, and I'm joined with my fabulous co-host, Mick Jolly. Hey, Mick. Hey, Brandy. I lo- what an out- outstanding guest, man. And I tell you, I le- learned some things I had never thought about using those little tear-off sheets for more than maybe selling a bicycle. Right. And, and I'm sitting here listening to this. I'm going, that is so cool. Well, you know what? It, it's, it's, I know you said a little creepy, but I thought it was a, I thought it was a cool tactic. No, no, no. Did. I now did. Now they followed up. <laughs> I did think it was very cool. I did think it was a little like, I, I, I would like to meet the person that came up with the concept. I did think it was creepy, but it was cool. And I think yeah. that, you know, the main, the main focus in this, they had a very small budget. And they had a very short time frame for them to um, not only do something that would meet and exceed goals, but really launch something that would have su- you know substance going forward. And they did a great job, and they really they thought about it. They brought it down to the lowest common denominator and thought, "Who's our intended audience?" Bam! And then they reached them in all the angles and, they could think of. Yeah, that rocked. Cleveland rocked. <laughs> that was very good. So I'm very excited, and you know what? Like I just love doing this for the PRSA because. Wow, like just to become a finalist of such a fine, um, you know, award recognition. Being a finalist is fabulous. You know, winning, of course, you know, well, winning, that's a whole other story. But I just love this because these people are bringing to us such amazing information. It's inspirational and it's phenomenal. And our next interview is nothing short of that. Um, We have. Well, it is the best of the best, right? It is the best of the... Oh, that's all we have on Cover Story. That's right. The best of the best. God forbid. Anything less would not work with us. Um, but I'm, I'm really excited. We've got on with us right now. I'd like to say hi to Bruce Ponzi. He's with Bruce Ponzi Public Relations out of uh, Anchorage, Alaska. Hi there. Hey, welcome, Anchorage. It's uh, 50 degrees and beautiful. Wow. All right. So you just broke our first uh, perceived <laughs> conception of, of Alaska. It's a beautiful day in Alaska. Um, and Bruce, we, we, I'm going to, again, I'm going to read um, your 100-word summary about the program. Sure. So I don't misrepresent anything and the background um, very quickly for everyone. Um, the Associated General Contractors of Alaska, the ACG, embarked on a five-year public relations slash communications effort to improve the image of the construction industry and to encourage more young Alaskans to consider a career in construction. Utilizing favorable editorials and feature story placements in major media, ACG educated key influencers about the opportunities and advantages in the industry while advertising changed 17 to 24-year-olds' perception of the industry. Results showed a 13.7 perception change and a significant earned media credibility and placement. ACG is now the third year of this ongoing program. So, and just to like, like let you guys know, and this, is very, this I found very interesting because I'd like to say... Um, Wow, you know how to manipulate the media. Well, I hope so. And, and That's it, what it's about. That is what it's about, and you did something so utterly cool. So, you know, this the whole focus is on Alaska's construction industry, and it contributes more than, wow, $6.5 billion to the state's economy. Correct. 19% of the gross state product, and has more than 20,000 workers gainfully employed. We like gainfully employed people. And Alaska's population is a mere 750,000, with 280,000 residents located in Anchorage, the primary target market. So... Based on a national survey in Wall Street Journal showing the construction industry ranking at the bottom, like 248 out of 250 occupational choices nationwide, the Associated General Contractors of Alaska conducted their own survey, and it goes on from here. So you took something like, I mean, the Wall Street Journal is sort of the Bible for people's perception. 
It is, and but you know, this is such a young state. The average age is only thirty-two years old. Wow! wow. And uh, we we said those figures. This is a construction state. When you have a six point five billion dollar annual uh, construction mm-hmm. economy, uh, people are used to it. We're saying I don't think the Wall Street Journal probably factored in Alaska. <laughs> so we had to do our own survey to find out where we really stood, and uh, uh, to our surprise, uh, we were pretty favorable. But we we thought we could do better. Good for you, and you did. Yes, we did. Um, uh, but it took a lot of effort on our part, and uh, but that effort was really helped when you engage the media to become your partner. In this case, uh, we laid out a plan to uh, the largest TV station in the state, mm-hmm. KTUU Channel Two. Oh, may I ask you? And, and I apologize. Before we go there, can we first talk a little bit because you, you did some research sure. to begin with? So let's talk about the, let's start on, from the research point and then move forward if you don't mind. Okay. Well, from the research part, we we engage the services of a research company to say uh, what's it look like, and um, and we were had a favorable, uh, in, you know, positive. Uh, Feeling about the industry, about fifty to sixty percent, fifty-four percent, I think, mm-hmm. uh, said they uh, they felt good about it. They would choose a career in the uh, uh, construction industry and so on. But it's still better than the Wall Street Journal. You know, well, exactly. uh, there we were two hundred and forty-eight out of two hundred and fifty. Here we would probably be. You were competing with construct. You were competing with fishing, uh, some agriculture, uh, tourism, and of course. The petroleum products, oil and gas, is a major, and, and government is a major uh, providers of jobs in this state. So that's uh, where we said, okay, what were those results? We got about sixty percent for us. So we said, let's let's improve that. And that's when we went to Ch- Channel Two. Yay, which is the largest TV station. Yes, in in Alaska or in the Anchorage area. It's in like Alaska, and they broadcast yeah. to. Um, 230 of Alaska's 300 communities. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and so they offered us a partnership where they would, what they called co-pro. We would spend um, about $55,000 in media with them. They would match that to by half. They'd give us 27000 Fabulous. Additional spots. They'd throw in uh, a 20% cost uh, reduction on production of those spots. And... Um, we then uh, agreed to sponsor the uh, Olympics uh, in that uh, summer period of 2004, and and then we did it again this last year during the Winter Olympics. And that because we had so many Alaskans in the Winter Olympics, uh, well, it was had high viewership, high viewership, right? Back. Which we is have 13 Alaskans in the in the Winter Olympics, so we're watching our kids. Yeah, absolutely, and and you know it, it is it's something for America to be proud of. So. From a from a um, execution standpoint, from a relationship standpoint, because I can tell you, um, I had the opportunity to speak to Bruce yesterday and, and really enjoyed speaking with you. Um, how did you form this relationship with this TV station? How did you negotiate for that? Well, we to came match? in and said, "We know we can't reach all those markets without your reach, and and we would like you to be a partner with us." and and we think it's good for the economy of the state. Uh, it's likely to mean more business from construction industries for you guys. Uh, would you do it? And they, they wanted to be associated with something that's good, something that's building Alaska and something that is a major uh, economic component in the state. So it wasn't, didn't take a lot of hard work to do. They, they wanted to do it, and we wanted to do it. It was good for both. Which is phenomenal. So now, did, were these postured, the, the, the campaign that you executed on the station, because I know I believe there were four various commercials? 
yes, we did four commercials mm-hmm. showing uh, jobs all over the state uh, and the kinds of things that kids uh, between 17 and 24 could get interested in. And uh, we put a website up and as well, and uh, we had an 800 number. And when the kids would see these spots, and they could go to that website and find out how to contact a local a local uh, trade that they wanted to, if they wanted to be a carpenter or a plumber or a, a bricklayer or mm-hmm. a heavy equipment operator, whatever their interest area was. When they got to those sites, then they could see what the given rate of uh, uh, salaries were compared to the kid that... Uh, didn't. Decided he's right. going off to college. Only 20% of Alaska's kids go off to college. So what do you do with the rest of them? They've got to have a job. Right, absolutely. Mm. Now, did these commercials come off as, I mean, did they come off, quote-unquote, as advertising commercials, or were they slanted more as, like, public service? No, these were advertising okay. commercials. Okay. But okay. the unique thing was at the end of each commercial, uh, there were three logos that popped up. One was the Associated General Contractors. One was the Construction Industry Progress Fund, and mm-hmm. that's a little subgroup that funds all of this for the promotion of the industry. Fabulous. And one with Channel 2's NBC uh, logo. Awesome. Awesome. Right, because they were, they were one of the sponsors. So we get the okay. kids interested. They okay. start hitting the 800 number. They start hitting the website. Mm-hmm. We also knew, hey, you've, you've got to reach the influencers, the parents, the teachers, the, the other people uh, that they, they go to. So we did a whole series with the leading six leading publications in the state. Mm-hmm. Did editorial boards with each of them, asking for their support in getting our kids funneled into a high-paying, positive, good career where they can make good money right out of school and get going. And we got six very positive editorials. And one publication went so far as to suggest we develop career construction or construction career academies around the state so that you take the industry and academia, the high schools, and put programs together curriculum-wise to funnel kids' interest into construction. Back to, make it back to, make like a trade school as an annex to public education. That's correct. Which is very smart, considering only 20% of of children in Alaska go to college. Absolutely, and the fact that we have a thousand jobs every year we can't fulfill. Wow, I mean that that's huge. That's huge. So as far as so you you know you really achieved a lot of goals here. One is changing the country's perception in regard to construction and changing um, the perception you know internal to Alaska and really bringing up the the you know the economic of the state in in whole. Correct. That's really tremendous. It's all positive, positive stuff. Everyone's benefiting. That's absolutely, Brandy, and the important thing was the offshoot of those editorial board meetings was in one school district just north of Anchorage, uh, there is now a construction career academy that's going to open in this September. That's fabulous. Now, will that be used as a model to yes. execute more? Is there What's the plan for that going forward? The plan is the uh, school district officials and various contractors have been working to develop the curriculum and in cooperation with the Alaska State uh, Commissioner of Labor's office, uh, it's a three-part deal. We're all going together to make it happen, and we're going to then also in, get that going in the Anchorage area in the next fiscal year. That's good for you. Good for you. So talk about you know taking an initiative and meeting exceeding goals with that specific initiative, but then being able to create an outlet which just, I, I mean... 
you know, really, I, we, we're, well, mix out of Seattle, basically, and I'm out of Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and I'll tell you, the unemployment rate here is horrible, absolutely and positively horrible. So to be able to do something that is so positively productive, we're... Well, another thing, Brandy, just from where you are, uh, we realized a lot of our workers came from Florida, the, the, the Gulf Coast, mm-hmm. they could come up here, make good money, and go back home. But you've had a couple of hurricanes. Those people don't have to come up here anymore, so those jobs go unfulfilled. That even made it more demanding that we get our own youth engaged in good careers. You know, something that's very true. So let me ask you a question. If you met and exceeded your goals, you've got 1,000 jobs annually that, that become available. That's on an average from X amount of years, correct? Correct. Okay. So now instituting... All, you know, having your, camp, your campaign be so successful, your, your, your PR campaign be so successful, where do you think you'll stand in the next couple of years in regard to jobs needing to be placed? Well, that's a, that's a good question. It's a huge <laughs> Like magic wand. I've got my magic wand here. <laughs> uh, exactly. Come on, Tinkerbell. Help me out. I've got to tell you, we'd like to think we're going to fulfill those jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we can, but we know... In reality, it's going to take a, a continuing effort. This is that's why we said this is a five-year program. The truth is, it's probably a five to ten-year program. Right. But we're working so much more closely with the Department of Labor uh, here for the state of Alaska, as well as the national, you know, federal Department of Labor to make that happen. Right to enroll um, people to come to come north. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and um, as I said, you know, only 20% of our kids are going on to college, and uh, they can't all work at Kinko's, and they can't all work behind a, a burger flipper, you know. And, right. And, <laughs> and um, so the challenges are there, and this is still, as I say, a youthful state. And, uh, and they've so got I, the ability. I think we'll fulfill that goal, but it's, uh, now we have this academy in place, and we have other you, you labor training centers that mm-hmm. are now full Fabulous. before they weren't. They're full. We can't get any more people in. So Good. the honest is now on them to expand a little to accomplish uh, getting more people and getting them trained. Good for you. Good for you. I mean, because it did hit home with me because, you know, you do hear a lot about, and, and for me, my, you know, I heard mostly about people going to Alaska, as you mentioned, to go, you know, work on the oil rigs. Right. Go up, make your fortune. You know, everything's paid for while you're there. You pocket your income and then you come home, you know, a rich man. Yeah, that's it for the the pipeline, the fishing, all that fun stuff. But this this is cool because we're talking about some kind of long term effect, man. People making a new a new home for themselves in some instances, or certainly keeping the people that are there from from leaving. I have a lot of buddies down here in this area that came from Alaska. They left Alaska. They came down to Washington State for education, or it just happened to be the first place you know there's still U.S. that was that was south of Alaska, and you know they all talk about that they you know love to be there, but it's it's just a matter of you know they need to be able to have a career path and it sounds like you're doing something to create that opportunity for them well we are mm-hmm. and then if you just think that in fact we're going to have a gas pipeline and we're going to need 10,000 workers just for that so and we're only talk, talking construction so where are those 10,000 people going to come from right absolutely and i mean you did sort of hit home with me because we did get hit florida did get hit very badly with hurricanes and literally last week you know, um, the last Wilma, I believe, is one that hit us very hard. Right. Um, my, my fences, you know, what, what are they? my fence was down until last week because that was how much damage was done to the general area. And, um, you know, what do they say? Good fences make for good neighbors. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, I, I can definitely appreciate the fact that, you know, everyone that I've ever spoken to who's, who's lived 
in Alaska has absolutely and positively loved it. Um, I think it's I think it's great that you are creating an environment for people to say, you know, don't just come visit us. Come live here and not only live here, but flourish here. And we are going to do our best to put money in your pocket. You make a commitment to us and we'll make a commitment to you. That's correct, Brandy. I don't know that that's gold on the streets and under the uh, wooden sidewalks or boardwalks, but uh, it is certainly an incentive. Well, yeah. I, I was in Alaska one occasion. I'll tell you one thing that would draw me back every time. And, of course, <laughs> I was there during the good weather when, you know, it was like uh, August or something like that or July or whatever. But, man, some outstanding restaurants you have there, Bruce. I tell you what, uh, when, when, you, when you look at the opportunities just for, you know, social social settings and gatherings. I mean, I don't know what it's like all year long when the, when it supposedly gets a little bit dark earlier and all this stuff, but the people were awesome and the food was great. It was just a, just a, a neat place to be in, and there's a huge amount of tourist traffic that comes through there every year. I, I have to believe that you get some some folks that come up there and tour the area and say this is home and Oh, and absolutely. They, some and, people come up, don't go back, <laughs> and they, yeah, they I mean, say, this is I it. Uh, send my belongings. I'm staying, and uh, <laughs> that's good. Yeah. We, we, you know, we have a million people plus that come in here every year in tourism. Mm-hmm. Yep, the cruise industry does extremely well there. Right. You know, and I, I, I do. I think, I think what you've done is very important. It's very important in a lot of aspects. I mean, really, bully for you. I mean, I know this is your job. And, and it's nice, but it's nice to have a campaign when you're, where you're truly creating, um, again, like we've had two, two, our two interviews today are creating a legacy and creating something really positive for their community. That's well, awesome. That's a good thing, Brandy. I just, the challenge is, can we keep our positive image up around that 75 or up to 70, 75% uh, where it is right now? And, you know, our last survey said we're right there with the oil companies as far as being something good and good. something wonderful. So we still will have the challenge. So how are you overcoming these challenges? What are your plans for the future? Well, we've designed two new TV spots uh, that will kick off in uh, September and October. And uh, the, the beauty of those spots is they're completely different than the last two we did. And this is talking about the third biggest industry in the state and how to be a part of it. And wouldn't it be neat someday when you get to be older and you look around and say, you know, I built half this town. Well, yeah, and you and I were speaking yesterday. It's awesome because it is a young state, and you do have the ability to, you know, move to Alaska. I mean, you have to be a certain, I'm sure, a certain type of personality because it's a cold-weather state a lot of times in the year. But to move to a state where you've got the ability to be a big fish in a small pond and dictate the growth and the direction of that particular state. Absolutely. That's awesome. And um, for those of you that do not know, this campaign actually won the PRSA Alaska Chapter's 2005 Aurora Awards Best Public Relations Campaign and the AGC of America's 2006 Best Individual Public Relations Campaign. God, you're just, a, you're just a big winner. Look at you. I just need to stay on the roll. Yeah, amen. So once again, uh, Bruce Ponzi, who is one of the uh, 101 top finalists for the PRSA's Silver Anvil Awards. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you for the opportunity. I enjoyed it. And come on north. Hey, you know what? Well, you know what? I, we may have to meet in the middle and have you back on the show. What do you think, Mick? I, I think so. And <laughs> something else you should know, Brandy, is that the Alaska Ferry leaves out of Bellingham, Washington, not but a rock's throw from here where I'm at right now today and so what you need to do is come up here to washington and then we'll just continue on up and visit bruce and go to that what is it there's a 
Glacier Bay Brewery and some of these other places there. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's there's great, some great breweries great up here. Right here. <laughs> Just to whet your appetite, I went out and had up. the first fresh salmon of the season last night for you. Oh, God, I love salmon. So, I know, so that you know, the best sun went down at 11 o'clock. W- right, which is amazing too, people. I mean, talk about like really experiencing something different in the summer months. The sun doesn't go down until 11 o'clock at night. So for those of that, you like that me... That is cool. I was there during the summer, and I have to tell you, you know, it, it makes it kind of strange on your uh, in terms of your your sleep habits, I suppose, when you're used to having right. a, a normal sundown. Sort of Vegas But boy, is it wonderful to be standing outside at 9 o'clock and feel like it's, you know... Four or five in the afternoon. I mean, it, it was cool. Uh-huh. It was really cool. You get to maximize your time. I'm all uh, about yeah. that. Yeah, Max- it was it was wonderful. So, you know, we'd definitely like to invite you to come back again as a guest. We'd love to do it. Fabulous. We wish you the very best of luck in, in winning um, the Silver Anvils. And I know you'll be coming east on June 8th to uh, to sit in the audience and uh, and, you know, cross your fingers. You will be a winner. I'll be there. Yay! So we're very excited. and uh, Thank you. And uh, WebmasterRadio.fm really appreciates uh, all the silver finalists who are uh, a part of our special featured series on Cover Story. And uh, next week we will bring you a couple of more fabulous finalists. And if anyone has any questions specific to some of the interviews we've had, um, don't hesitate to uh, give us a buzz or send us an email. This is fun, Mick. It's very fun. Very I love fun. talking to winners. It's an education every time we get a guest on, but I'm particularly intrigued with some of these folks that are involved with these, this, the Silver Anvil Awards. I tell you, there's, this is the cream of the crop again. So, Well, it, it truly is. And for those of you that are not members of the PRSA, I encourage you, implore you. Are you a um, member, Brandy? I, I, I am. I, I am now a, uh, a new member. Good. So, and, and shame on me because, you know, I've... I've, I've uh, Known of PRSA for a long time, so good. It's been been a uh, a worthwhile organization in so many fronts, and and I only see it getting better as far as the the more I start to learn who's doing what in the field. It's just amazing, just from an education standpoint, the the kind of education, the opportunities they provide within the field of public relations. It's you, you can't not be a part of it. No, yeah, it's, it's yourself all a professional in this industry. Yeah, so you know, I mean, I just think that's important. It's neat to be involved with a an organization that is it, it truly embraces the community and offers a lot of educational opportunities. Plus, they also showcase all of these award winning um, case studies. So, if you're looking to work on a campaign and you're you know you're, you're a little dry for ideas or you want to see what was done pa- prior to you, you can go over there and and do your research and really come up with some ideas that have worked for other people and then put your own spin on it so you can knock the cover off the ball. There you go. And that's it. We love the PRSA. That's the last time you're going to hear me say it on this particular show. On this episode. On this episode. <laughs> and um, and that's it, Mick. So, God, you know, I was getting so used to seeing you in person, and, and now we're back to not being in person. Well, I know uh, July for sure, but maybe we'll find a find an opportunity in between. Yes, yes, if, yes. If I just convince you to come up to Washington, D.C. next week for Book Expo America starts Thursday next week. You are so cool. You know... Send me a ticket and force me into that. No, I actually, next week. Oh, next week. You know what we're doing? What are you doing? We're doing our first Gulfstream crossing. Really? Mm-hmm. We leave like Saturday at 5 o'clock in the morning. Cross our fingers that the winds are coming from the north. We're going south to the Keys. Um, 
but or whatever, whichever way the winds are going. You know, I've got Darren. Darren's handling this for us. Yeah, he's the he's the he's the wind blower guy. But um, we're either going to Bimini across the Gulf Stream, which is kind of interesting, and we get to go see perhaps the lost city of Atlantis in Bimini. Ah, right. Look at like a good time. Walk the road at the bottom of the sea, or um, we'll be down at Almorada drinking. Um, Oh, what are those? Miami Vices, I think, is like their hot drink. No, is that it? I haven't even heard of that one. At the Tiki Bar. At the Tiki Bar in Almorada. So if anyone's down there next weekend, I'll buy them a drink or two. Sounds like a fair deal. Sounds like you'll be in the uh, better part of the world. Yeah, that's the whole... DC's cool, but it sounds like you're going to be in a a much uh, hotter place in so many other ways. Oh, well, you know, everything's fabulous. Besides, we do love BC, so... For now, we have to leave you, but please stay tuned to webmasterradio.fm because we've got a killer lineup meant only for you, and uh, we've got a lot of specials coming up that's only going to benefit you. So everyone, thank you so much for listening to this edition of Cover Story, and we will be back next Wednesday with more uh, highlights on the PRSA Silver Anvil Awards. Webmasterradio.fm.